Time marches on and leaves behind those who are not equipped for tomorrow. We cannot predict what will happen in the future, but we at Regent University aim to prepare you for it. With world-class professors and over 150 programs, the opportunities to find success in your field are many. So don't let tomorrow pass you by. The journey to your brightest future begins here. Visit regent.edu slash learn more. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in. Good day. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing in more. It's a little bit phony when the market goes down whoosh, 10% and it roars right back up almost to where it was. We're kind of dealing with that right now. Too many up days followed by too many or preceded by too many down days. By the dip momentum has been running strong ever since the S&P 500 tested its 200 day moving average. And uh, Friday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, all were up. So take into account a positive close last Friday. This is five winning sessions in a row. The Fab Five. Remember Michigan? Was that? They're all freshmen too, weren't they? Ooh, Chris Weber. Ooh, don't call a timeout. Don't call a timeout. Don't call a timeout. Ooh, technical. There isn't a lot of buying thrust at the moment today. Market participants appear to be cooling their jets a bit on that notion that the stock market could be subjected to some profit taking in front of a three day weekend. Ooh, no work on Monday. President's Day. Thank you, Mr. President. I appreciate that. So, uh, Coca-Cola and Deer. I wonder if Obama walks around and says, today's my day. He gets Father's Day and President's Day, and I just get Father's Day? Like, come on. That's not even funny. Coca-Cola and Deer did their part to contribute to the bullish earnings narrative um, that, you know, has helped the stock market recalibrate, to be quite honest with you. So, if you're going to have a market correction, a good time to have it maybe is during earnings season, so you kind of feel, is this really justified, or are we making stuff up? Housing starts increased 9.7% month over month in January to a seasonally adjusted annual rate of 1.3 million. Building permits jumped 7.4% to a seasonally adjusted annual rate of 1.3 million. Permits are important. Permits are important because they talk about future activity. So you look at the month of, what are we, in February? So you start thinking out, builder has to get a permit to redo your kitchen or build a single family home. And it takes six months to get it, the approval done. So you go February, March, April, May, June, July. So we know there's going to be some economic activity up until August. That's the thought. So the permits, largely driven by multi-unit dwellings, single-family permits declined 1.7%. Starts, however, were helped by a 3.7% increase in single-family units. The West saw a little bit of a pickup, but really the biggest pickup in, in permits was the South, up 4.5%. So that's out there today. We're dealing with that, right? A little bit of cooling off. Are you okay with that? I'm okay with it. So I kind of want you to be okay with it. Um, we got a little bit of what's called porculus going on right now. And what Porculus is all about is our government is spending an egregious amount of money. And, um, you know, 
Let me tell you about what my thoughts are on, on Porculus. Um, do more with less would be nice if our government could do that. Less travel, less supplies, less everything. You kind of see that in school systems now because they have to kind of run a budget. Drives me crazy when I see teachers go out and buy kids gifts and stuff like that because they don't have that kind of money usually. So back in the late 80s and early 90s, I think President Bill Clinton um, in the 90s, the government was in deficit cutting mode because we had just come through all the years of the Reagan years and the deficit was a top part of the 92 and 96 elections. So this is going to be a big thing for the stock market to deal with. When? I don't know. Some people would say, you know, will we ever eliminate the deficit? I think we kind of did technically for a short period of time under Bill Clinton, um, where we ran a surplus to do all the capital gains taxes that were collected due to the tech boom. And then we just stopped caring about it. Some people would say it was 9-11 that brought about the moment where suddenly we wanted big government again to catch terrorists. We created Homeland Security, a whole cabinet department. So when you take a look at where we are on GDP, um, under Obama during the financial crisis and the huge recession, spending quickly went from 3% of GDP to 10%. But in the George W. Bush era, before Obama, we were at 3% of GDP or less in government spending on the deficit. And then things just went crazy, and they've, they've stayed crazy. Um, we used to freak out about, you know, the national debt when it was 60% of GDP. It's at 105% and no one cares now. So during the 2016 election, nobody campaigned against deficit. Nobody, not Bernie, not Hillary, not Trump, nobody. Not even a mention of it during the primaries. So down the road, we're going to have to pay this debt down or we're going to lose our credit rating and pay more for debt. And down the road, we're going to have to say, you know, when do we tighten the belt? When do we cut Social Security? When do we cut uh, military spending? Not right now. And that's probably the thing that I'm most spooked about. Because when you've got bad credit and you've got too much debt, it's tougher and tougher to get longer dated paper. Um, And that's when deflation starts to happen. And deflation's just as bad as inflation. A deflation depression wipes out profits. You don't even want to look at estimates for what we're going to be spending this year at the government. It's depressing. There's zero political impetus right now. We have a future trillion dollar deficits, and it seems unlikely the Democrats or Republican will run on that deficit issue in 2020. When are we going to do it? That's kind of my question of the day, so to speak. Um, and it lingers in my head. So it, and it, it comes back from time and time again. I mean, these are golden times right now. We're spending money like a drunken nation. And that's pretty good. Now, the sad part is is we're a 50, 55-year-old drunken nation and we only got so many years left of work. But it's kind of nice living in San Francisco and popping some champagne and hanging out with beautiful people and love, sweet love. But at some point in time, you have to pay for that. Investors hit pause today, following five consecutive wins. Ahead of a three-day weekend. What will Trump do? What will Trump not do? Are you watching the Olympics? They're unifying the world. Nah. S&P 500 is flirting with its 50-day simple moving average. Strength today in healthcare, technology, and real estate. 
was reading some reports yesterday on health care and how that's kicking up as a percentage of our budget. And part of the thing that I saw in it that was kind of interesting to me was that because we have more discretionary income, we're spending more on health care. So that means exactly what you think it means. We're choosing to consume more. 800-516-1220 to each calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to each calls on the air. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. Don't forget, i got a big seminar coming up. When is it coming up? It's coming up in March. Where is it? It's going to be in Foster City. It's going to be about retirement and wealth income strategies. You can sign up for the event at robblackshow.com. Use the code radio25 to get in for free. It's at the Crown Plaza Hotel, Foster City, March 8th, 630 to 830. Take a break here. We'll be right back. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. AM 1220 KDOW. It's the Friday Ice Report. Friday Ice Report. Like it is sure. Yeah. Your San Jose Barracuda hockey updates. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. It's time to talk a little hockey, though. Time to get off the winning stock market and take a look at the San Jose Barracuda, the AHL affiliates of the NHL San Jose Sharks, of which... All the stars from last year's AHL Barracuda seem to be playing up with the NHL San Jose Sharks, so it's the, the, the Sharks of the future, so to speak. Joining me now, Nick Nolenberger, the voice of the San Jose Barracuda, heard here on AM 1220. Winners uh, this week. You got uh, kind of snapped a losing streak there, didn't Nick, against uh, Tucson this week. Yeah, big, big, big two points. Uh, you know, a, a five-game homestand. Uh, that the team just it hadn't got a win until the final game. So to get uh, in the win column before going on the road for four straight, um, certainly big for, for just getting momentum going and, and trying to make a push to the playoffs. It's a total log jam right now. So uh, if you lose a few in a row, you all, of a, all of a sudden you seem out of it. If you win a couple in a row, you're right back in the mix. So um, certainly a good way to, good way to end, uh, end the homestand on the right foot. Now you got a couple games coming up against the Stockton Heat. How are the Heat doing this year in comparison to the Barracuda? The Heat, uh, well, at the start of the year, they were really rolling. They had a, a pretty pretty loaded bunch, kind of like where the Barracuda were last year. They had a lot of guys that were in their second or third year, um, high-round draft picks that were starting to kind of get, get comfortable at the level, and uh, they were really rolling. It started to fall off a bit just because they had some injuries up at the NHL club, and they had quite a few recalls. Um, they were about 500 over their last 10 games. Um, but they sit in the fourth and final playoff spot. So um, this weekend's going to be a pretty big one. Two games in Stockton back-to-back, which is kind of rare just because of how close we are to them. We tend to play them just the one time, but we do play them back-to-back. And, um, yeah, you win a couple games this weekend, and you're going to jump up the standings. So uh, we were at 4-3 and three this year against them. Always seem like uh, we play Stockton pretty well, no matter what, uh, what type of team they have. So should set up for, for a pretty good one this weekend. Are there any stories of the year so far, as far as the Barracuda go? Any breakouts? Any any surprises? Any um, keep an eyeball on this guy? 
Yeah, I mean, if you had to look at one guy, it's probably going to be Rudolph Balsers, who's a 20-year-old. Sharks drafted him two years ago um, in the fifth round, so it wasn't a really highly touted pick. Um, last year was his first year in North America, finishing up uh, his junior career. He played in what's called the Western Hockey League, and uh, he scored 40 goals, which led all rookies. And then um, he was an overager, which means he had his last year was his final year of eligibility. So he came became pro this year, and uh, just 20 years of age, he leads the team in all offensive categories: game-winning goals, power play goals, goals assists, um, points. Um, he's been he's been a really nice addition offensively. Been a uh, go-to guy. Uh, for the team to score goals and score big goals because a lot of guys went up. There's eight guys uh, at one time that were up in the National Hockey League. So, you know, how do you fill those spots? You have to have young guys contribute. And so far it's been Balsers. He was a all-star in the American Hockey League and a guy that the Sharks are looking at is maybe the next guy who's going to get his name called to, to make his debut at the National Hockey League level. I was a little upset to see. I was looking through the rosters of um, the Vegas Knights. And did we lose John MacArthur? Wasn't he a Barracuda last year? Oh, Ryan Carpenter. Ryan, Ryan Carpenter. Carpenter a Bar- yeah, so Ryan Carpenter this year um, was with the San Jose Sharks. Um, he was uh, no longer what's as, cause, because he was a veteran. He's on a, a contract that makes him actually clear waivers if, okay. if the Sharks want to send him down. When you're a younger player, there's flexibility. You can bring a guy up and down without him being exposed to the remaining 30 teams in the NHL. So because of his age, they wanted to send him down and get him some more games with us just because he wasn't getting in the Sharks lineup a ton. Um, so they put him on waivers hoping he would clear. Well, Vegas claimed him. They were familiar with him um, with his time within our our organization. And I think he scored last night. He's actually playing some really good hockey. But everybody in the organization was disappointed that he got claimed. But uh, it's just kind of the nature nature of the business. When you put a guy on waivers, he's exposed, and there's an opportunity for that. So, yeah, as, as far as guys, he was one of the nicest guys you're ever going to run across so you, you kind of get these these connections with some of the players in that way and um, I think everybody's disappointed but they're also excited he, you know he got another opportunity to, to try to stick in the NHL and uh, it seems like he's taking advantage of it yeah and uh, we had him on the show last year and he was the nicest guy possible so that's why I stood out to me and I was like oh bummed me out ever so slightly so um Stockton Heat they are the AHL franchise of whom the Calgary Flames okay that makes sense so does Vegas have an AHL uh, franchise yet? Yeah, so next year, it's, it's a unique situation. This year, there's 31 teams in the NHL. Normally, you have every NHL team as their own American League affiliate. Well, because Vegas, all their players are young. They just drafted, you know, just had a draft. Gotcha. And they, they got players for the expansion draft. They didn't have enough to fill a roster. So right now, they have a split affiliation with, with the Chicago Wolves, um, along with the uh, with the St. Louis Blues. So next year, they'll have their own team. They'll take over Chicago. It's going to be some shuffling. They'll add an additional team to the American Hockey League. So right now, they do not have their own team, but they will next year. How are things looking going into the final couple months of the season? Well, it's a, as I mentioned, is is a complete logjam. If you can win some games consecutively, you get on a little bit of a run, you're going to be right back in the mix. So currently, the Barracuda sit at the seventh spot of eight teams in the Pacific Division. So if you look at it just like that, you think there's no way they're going to get in it. But the percentage points, because uh, that's how it works in the Pacific, because there isn't a balanced schedule. We play less games than a couple of the other teams. you got to look at winning percentage. And you win a few games, and you're right within the top four. So um, this month and this little four-game road trip is going to make it a lot more clear on whether the Barracuda are going to make the playoffs or not. Thanks, Nick. I'm going to be giving away some tickets right here right now to the Friday, March 2nd game at 7 p.m. SAP Center in San Jose against the Bakersfield Condors. That's crunch time in hockey. 
pick up the phone, 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Can't be a previous winner in the last 30 days. sjbarracuda.com. You want to pick up your own tickets. It's cheap family entertainment. All seats are great. All seats are great at the SAP Center. They, they close off the upper level, so you are as close to the action as you're ever going to get without forking over $300 for an NHL experience. This is a pretty awesome family that day, and your kids will remember it forever. Family four-pack, 800-516-1220. Get those tickets. So the Barracuda's got the Stockton Heat coming up this Friday and Saturday, 7 o'clock and 6 o'clock in the evening, but they're away. It's pretty interesting. Um, I've got Xbox 360, and I play the... NHL game, and one of the things that they do is they make you go through the AHL lineups. And uh, so I get to see all these specific teams that Nick's talking about, and I get to play against them. Um, so that's always a good, fun thing. 800 1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800 1220 to get your calls on the air. Morgan Stanley's chief equity strategist, Mike Wilson, says millennials have steered clear of the stock market because of bad timing. He thinks they should give stocks another shot, specifically as it pertains to saving for retirement. So Mike Wilson is Morgan Stanley's chief equity strategist. He argues that millennials grew up in a period that inconveniently coincided with a patch of stock weakness and left a sour taste in mouths of millions. I've got some millennial friends who they saw the market crash in 2000, 2002, and then again in 2006, 2008, and they got spooked and they didn't want anything to do with it. They don't want to, quote unquote, lose money. They saw the Occupy Wall Street thing as a negative. Morgan Stanley's chief strategist is saying, you got to get in for the long term. To get those tickets, call 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. That's coming up March 2nd at the SAP Center. You can sign up for the big events of Rob Black. Next one's coming up March 8th. You can sign up for it at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. It's in San Mateo at Foster City. Crown Plaza, you can sign up using code RADIO25 to get in absolutely free. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. It's Friday, so it's got that free-form Friday feel to it. We jump from hockey tickets to millennials and how much they save and don't save. I'm a little bit, I'm a fan of the stock market, as you know. I'm a fan of real estate, as you know. I'm not the craziest fan of bonds, if you're under the age of 50. Then it starts to make a little bit more sense in the short-term bonds. We're in a bond market that's moving quickly, and as it moves quickly, you don't want to be in longer term. You want to be in shorter term. But I own no bonds, none. Under 50 for now, not forever. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Um, I think one of the big thoughts in the world, you know, there's you can earn more money to be wealthier. You can save more money to be wealthier over time, but in the short term, you're saving it, so you're probably making sacrifices. Um. A lot of it's mindset and like understanding demographics and feeling comfortable with it. As the baby boomers continue to run into retirement, we know there's going to be more spending on healthcare and healthcare is a good sector because costs are going up and you can invest in healthcare. So some rules that I've learned from people who are older than me on investing 
number one and foremost is stay invested for the long term. The vast majority of retired baby boomers, 92% of them, think Americans need to save more for retirement by getting and staying invested in the market. Four out of five believe Americans should go for a consistent investment strategy with long-term objectives, and only 32% said they would change their strategies based on fluctuating markets. So go long. Have a strategy. That's pretty simple, right? That's not very confusing. It's not very magical. Every two weeks, I invest in the stock market in my 401k. And I max it out every year. And as I approach 50, once you hit 50, you can put in more extra savings, catch up for retirement. It's the Heinz catch-up plan. Um, that's the minimum that I save. Because I also happen to be a big spender. I save more. Because when I take my foot off the, off the foot of the gas pedal, I'm probably not going to get back into it. I was talking to my TV manager this week, and I'm probably going to cut down from four days to three days. Um, and then at some point, I'm going to cut down from three days to two days. Uh, it's just such a long drive. And as I get older, the quality of life is becoming much, much more important to me than, say, looking at your bumper. Over the long term, the stock market news will be good. That's why you have a plan for the long term. In the 20th century, the United States endured two world wars. It had expensive military conflicts. It had the Depression. It's had multiple recessions, a dozen or so of them. There's been some financial panics. The Asian flu. Um, oil shocks, the resignation of a disgraced president. We've had a lot. We've had nuclear strikes in the world. We've had Korea and Iraq War One and Vietnam and Iraq War Two. And overall, the market rose from sixty-six to twenty-five thousand. Are you with me or are you against me? We've had some of the craziest presidents in history. Um, Bubba. <laughs> Remember when Clinton got elected? They called him Governor Bubba. He turned out okay for America. He didn't mess things up. He didn't get drunk at the wheel, per se. Or maybe he did. I don't know. I'm not going to get political. People get mad when you start talking politics. Another thing that older people will tell you is keep an eye on fees. 94% of retired boomers say they want to be able to easily understand what fees they're playing, paying. When I first got in the stock market back in the 90s, when you bought 100 shares of a stock, you paid $400 in commissions. So, hi, I'm Mike. I'm the stockbroker. I work at Smith Barney. And, uh, Rob, you want to go out and get $4,000 of a company called HBO? Is that HBO like uh, on cable? No, it's HBO. It's a medical supply company. I'm going to get $4,000. And then it's like, okay, you got to put $4,400 in your checking account, in your brokerage account. I'm like, wait, wait, $400 of 4000 that's expensive. It's tough to win. And then the internet just continued to get savvier and savvier and savvier. And now you can basically buy ETFs for free at a lot of brokerages companies. They just want your assets. Or they want a chance to sell you credit cards or other products as well. Want to diversify your portfolio. That's a big one. Remember how I said go long-term, max out your 401k, probably buy a little S&P 500, probably buy a little mid-cap fund Maybe a small cap fund, maybe an international fund, maybe an emerging markets fund, maybe some sort of income fund, maybe a value fund. So that's your strategy. You go long term with that. You're pretty diversified. If your paycheck, if you're putting in, I don't know, let's say 500 a paycheck, maybe out of those 10 funds, you know, you're, you're dividing it 10% each. I don't know. But that's a starting point, and it's pretty simple to grasp.
But if you have extra money to invest, I have no problem with you going out and buying something that you feel is stable. Now, that's where we get into trouble. GE used to be a rock. And then they borrowed money and borrowed money and borrowed money and borrowed money and started becoming very poorly managed. And I don't, I don't own any GE. I probably own it in some S&P 500 funds, but I don't own it directly. But you sometimes can get caught up and think, like, this company is Teflon. They're bulletproof, and they're not. So super, super important that you diversify. And when you do start buying stocks, buy something you're comfortable with. And, you know, I hate to say it, McDonald's is the easiest one to throw out there, right? Uh, was McDonald's around when you were a little boy or a little girl? Raise your hand. Will McDonald's be around today? They're everywhere. You can't go to a country anywhere in the world and not see them. And it's familiar. Those freaking freaking golden arches. Cows, cows quake when they see those golden arches. So now is McDonald's always going to be the best stock? Hell no. You know that there's going to be times where you're like, man, I wish I really would have sold all my McDonald's bought Amazon. And that's when you have to identify yourself as greedy. And there's going to be times where McDonald's doesn't do anything and the stock market goes down and it under, it, it goes down with the stock market. And that's when you become fearful. Greed and fear are bad, 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 bad for your portfolio is good. and for your investments and for your wealth. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't say, because I own something stable like my 401k index funds, I'm going to own something like McDonald's. And now, because I feel pretty comfortable with McDonald's, I'm going to go out and buy something like an Amazon where one is growthy and one is more value oriented. So diversifying is, is, is a great way of doing it. It's a safe path to a better retirement. I see a lot of people who all they have is Apple or all they have is Amazon or all they have is Netflix. And what you fear there is Jeff Bezos secretly building a death star behind the moon. And then all of a sudden we see it come out from behind the moon and Jeff Bezos is riding on top of the death star in one of his rockets. And is the other evil dictator, Elon Musk, is beating building a Death Star too at the same exact time. They crash into each other and they crash in the moon and the moon crashes into the earth and we all die. So you don't want to own too many evil companies that are like super powerful and that create trillionaires and billionaires and gazillionaires. Everything in moderation, even moderation. You want to protect yourself from market downturns. How do you do that? That's a tougher one. That's easier said than done. 80% of retirees said it's important to protect your nest egg and lower your risk of losses when markets swing downwards. 30% said they wish they knew earlier about what to do when markets start getting shaky. So it's pretty easy on how to do that in index funds. You go, if I'm going to have 10 funds and I'm going to weight them at 10% each, when one of them, like the value goes down to 8% and the growth goes up to 12%, you sell 2% of the growth and buy 2% more of the value. So what you're doing is you're selling a winner to buy a loser. Now, I tend to believe more often than not, you do the exact opposite when it comes to stocks. You sell the losers and you buy the winners. To me, success or failure starts at the top. And if a company's stock is sitting at a 52-week high, their CEO and their board is doing something correct, in my opinion. And you reward that because they know what they're doing. If a stock's sitting at a 52-week low, 
you go, hmm, stock market's at an all-time high, and the stock's at a 52-week low. They're doing something wrong. Now, again, that's very generic advice for a lot of specific stocks. you got to be a little bit on the more careful side than that. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube our Rob Black Show. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. So, you know, I was just giving you advice from baby boomers that they wish they, you know, could write down and pass on to their kids. And none of it's like super rocket science. Stay invested for the long term. They look back at their lives in their 20s and they probably saw some scary things in the market. They look back at their 30s where they might have lost a job and might have wanted to tap into the stock market. My brother Michael is a genius. He works for the Center for Disease Controls. He's literally, you know, a scientist that can look in microscopes and see evil things. He got out of the stock market in the early 90s. There was a saving and loans thrifts crash of banks. Bad loans. Wait, wait. Isn't that what happened in 2006, 2008? Bad loans? That's right. So history does repeat itself sometimes. And typically that's tied towards everyone deserves a mortgage. When politicians get out there and Bernie Sanders goes, I want to give a mortgage to uh, poodles. Poodles deserve a house. You're like, no, 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 no. Poodles can't pay that money back. Let's not give poodles $600,000. That's when we get into problems with loans. So when you start taking a look at your neighbor who's like doing a refi, pulling money out, and you know doing a whole brand new kitchen, and you're like, did you make a little more money this year or something? No, 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 just... Just pull the money out. You, you know you have to pay that back, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's just a big check for $250,000 they gave me. It's no big deal. It's a big deal. So stay invested over the long term. Don't panic. Don't use your savings as a 401k, as a piggy bank. I question a lot of people using home equity lines of credit. Because suddenly when you get that home equity line of credit, you're like, oh, man. Oh, my, my, my. I deserve a BMW. And you don't deserve a BMW. But you think you do. You want to keep an eye on fees. This is the old people to the young people. You want to diversify your portfolio. Protect yourself against market downturns. The one that I didn't get to that I wanted to get to was start saving early and often. 79% of generation uh, baby boomers, 79% said they think putting a portion of one's monthly income towards retirement is one of the best things you could do. Moreover, 60% of respondents said they wish they'd start investing as young as possible. Some younger investors might think diving into investing right away is intimidating or boring. Those who start investing earlier could end up with significantly greater returns. There you go. The difference from investing in your 20s and your 30s, it could be two hundred to $400,000 when you're starting to talk about compound and annual growth rate. So Chloe, who invested over her entire career from age 25 to 65, ends up retiring with nearly $1.9 million. So she invested from 29 to 65, right? But if she started 10 years later, or her sister Layla started 10 years later, so she only did it from 35 to 65, she's only got 919000 But her sister started at 25, and she has $1.9 million. Is there a difference between $1.9 million and $900,000? Is there? I want to tell you this. Yes, there is. Aye, aye, Captain. So... 2018, in my opinion, if I were to write what I think is going to happen, is going to be the year of the 10-year yield and interest rates and how they play out in mortgages, on credit cards, and auto loans, and everything else. You know when your car company 
Your BMW goes, you can get 2.9% financing. You're like, 2.9 is pretty good. You know, my credit card's like at 16%. 2.9 sounds good. And then, and here's the big then, and then the Federal Reserve raises interest rates, what, four times in the last couple of years? They expect to raise them three more times this year. Suddenly that 2.9% rate is 3.9%. You're like, well, 3.9% is kind of starting a little bit high. I don't know. It feels a little bit high. Don't you think it's high? So some people who would invest in a B or buy a BMW at 2.9 won't at 3.9. And that's what the Fed's job is. Raise interest rates to cut down on the people who are speculating that they deserve a BMW. That's kind of how I read it. Want to be richer? Isn't that a funny idea? How can you become richer? Um, I told, can tell you how I started it. At age 18, all I cared about was girls in college. Maybe beer. What order? Probably girls, and then girls, and then college, and then girls, and then beer, and then girls. Mm, beer. So what I did was I, I, I called a mutual fund company. In this case, it was Robertson Stevens in San Francisco. They had some of the best tech investment mutual funds. I said, can I open an account? And they said, sure. Do you want to automatically take money out of your bank account every month? And put it into into a mutual fund. I'm like, sure, that's easy. So I, I you know, I, I look at my check and I, I'm like, okay, I need to write void on it, and I need to take these numbers and put them on those numbers. And I did, and it became automatic. That's how I got rich. I started by automating it because that night where I drank too much beer or enjoyed too many women or I studied too long. And the next day, I'm hungover from whatever activity I just did all of that effort into. I, I didn't want to write a check. Um, on occasion, you need to ask for a raise. It's an odd thing, but and I think most young people get it now because it drives the people who are older who don't want to do reviews crazy. But you should get a, a review every year. And at the end of the review, if you've done great, you should expect a conversation, something like this. Well, Tony, you've done great this year. And Tony goes... How much of a raise should that uh, equate into? Oh, no, 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 no. I didn't say you did, you did fantastic. You did great. Get out of my office. You're fired. So ask for a raise on occasion. Put your money into the stock market. Invest it. Find cheaper housing. That's a difficult one for most, but it's an important one. Buy a rental property. Let someone else pay for your mortgage. It's one of the biggest sticklers people have with buying expensive real estate. You don't have to buy expensive real estate. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show. Don't forget, big event coming up March 8th in Foster City. Sign up at robblackshow.com. Turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525.